0: If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged, Make a Big Training, and the Master of Me coaching program, Stewie Hayes. How is your morning?
1: Rich, I'm absolutely flying. I've had a great morning. Uh, got up early, did a meditation. I'm really looking forward to this discussion we're about to have with our guest today, and... Uh, Oh, it's all good. How about your,
0: you? Your vibratory state is high. I am well. I am well, and I'm very excited about today's interview.
1: Mate, um, shall I just introduce our guest? Get into it. Let's, let's hear it. Well, Rich, uh, it's, it's a privilege, actually. Um, I, you've, you've actually told me a lot more about this guy than I knew before recent times, but we, he's an amazing, amazing guest, and I know he's someone that you've had the pleasure of, of training with, and I certainly am looking forward to talking to Yep. He's a qualified chiropractor, he has a bunch of chiropractic practices in New York and he's also a trainer who has taught more than 64,000 people. Go with that. It's uh, quite a few. Mate, not only in North America but also in Europe and Asia and Australia and his specialty is how to become more successful by learning to communicate more effectively. He's a specialist in authentic communication, which is something that's, that really resonates with me. I've got to say. He's an amazing author, and his first book, Turning Terrible into Terrific: Changing Your Life at the Speed of Thought, is having impact on lives all over the world right now. All the way from New York, it's my great pleasure to welcome to Careers Unplugged, Dr. Dennis Cummins.
2: How are you, Dennis? Hey. I'm doing awesome. That was a that was a phenomenal in, phenomenal introduction. Did you like so that? I'm going to have to live up to that over the next half hour. Or so that was awesome.
1: <laughs> <You're being> busy, <laughs>
2: <laughs> busy, but having fun. I I will say ah, that. Perfect. Excellent, Dennis.
0: So uh, you're a chiropractor. Was that something that you wanted to do um, in your youth? Was that you know when I grow up I want to crack backs. Or was that something that you discovered along the way that you wanted to do, or how, how did that how did that manifest in your life?
2: Uh, great. Um, I was I've been a chiropractor for about twenty two years now, and I still maintain two chiropractic offices here in New York, um, and I work part time, and I have associates that help run them for me. But um, how did I get into it? It, it was sort of um, it was sort of process of elimination. I had graduated undergrad with like this biology degree, so I did what you do. You know, you go to law school.
0: You know. <laughs> the American way.
2: <laughs> and then I realized I hated law school, so I, I finished a year there. I did well, but just knew I didn't want to do it. So then I did what you do when you have a biology degree. I painted houses for a year. <laughs> At which point I realized that I really hated manual labor. So I realized I did have a four-year degree in biology, so then I did what you do with a biology degree, and i worked on wall street for 2 years <laughs> at which point i realized that that i didn't really like that either and then finally my mom my mom actually says you know dennis you should go talk to carmen who was our family chiropractor and uh, you know and, and talked to him. He, was, he he used to talk about chiropractic school. So he took me into his office. He explained what he did. He kind of went over, you know, kind of with the lifestyle that you have and the, you know, the income that you could earn and how exciting it was and how much fun it was. Two weeks later, I enrolled in chiropractic school. and and you know, I didn't even know that much about it when I got into it. But once I got into school, I just loved it. So for like the next, really, for the next fifteen or sixteen years, I just loved it. Like, I couldn't work enough hours in the office. It was just so much fun, so exciting. You get to meet people, you get to earn a really, you know, a wonderful living for my family and I and help people at the same time, mm. which I thought was absolutely terrific. You're providing a service uh, to the community as, as well
0: as to your family, as you're saying. And you've grown out of that, haven't you, as a person, you know, the, that, that, that connection with people has driven, sure. you, driven you now to your career path now, so to speak. Yeah.
2: And, you know, and I always, you know, one of the things that, that I, I always, I did enjoy helping people, but somewhere in the back of my mind, there was always this little thing like, you know, there's something else, mm. you know, like I, I, I loved what I was doing, but I knew there was more at some point. And I, you know, I I studied personal development, I took courses, I read, I listened to tapes and CDs. And, you know, and I I finally had the opportunity after taking a bunch of courses to actually lead a course. And I remember my very first time standing on a stage, it was in front of 2700 people, I was basically scared out of my mind. And yet, so excited. And in, in that instant, I just, I had this sense, this knowing that This is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Mm. And, you know, over the past six years, I have dedicated, you know, all of my time and my energy to teaching and training others, you know, learning the skills of being a trainer to share information because I, I believe, you know, Stewie and Rich, you guys, you have amazing information and experiences that people can benefit for. And you're helping spread that with this podcast. My goal is to help people who may not be as great at communicating what they know to others, find that strength inside of them, find that, that talent that each one of us has, it just needs to be uncovered a little bit. And that's what I love to do right now. You
0: mentioned goals. So if we go back to, to those jobs, as multiple little dabbles in different, different careers before you hit chiropractic... How important were goals for you back then? So when you think about Dennis at high school, Dennis at, say, 20, were you a a, a list writer, a goal setter?
2: You know, I I have to say I barely thought beyond my nose at that time. Mm. I'm much more of a goal setter now than I was then. Then it was just whatever felt exciting or was, you know, whatever like the next little kind of nugget of excitement that I could find, I just chased after. I was like a dog after a bone back then. Yeah. But what was great is it was always interesting. I learned something new every time, both about myself and about what I did or didn't want to do. Met different kind of different socioeconomic areas of like kind of personhood, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, in the legal realm, in the financial world, in the chiropractic world, in the manual labor world. So it gave me a, a kind of a real basis for you know what I love to do now, which is kind of finding this common ground for communication. And, and I think the reason that I love what I do now and, and the reason that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm decent at what I do now is because of all those experiences.
1: Well, it's, a, it's an extraordinarily diverse background to draw from to start with uh, and then to step into the, the chiropractic practice arena, I'll call it an arena. Um, where I guess you have that mixture of people continuously flying through the door, right? So you you learn to communicate with people um, that are all different. Um, I know I have a, a bit of a passion for what I call authentic communication. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that um, and why, is the, why the authentic part in particular?
2: Sure. Um, and, and by the way, you mentioned like when people come through the door – when when I look back or when people asked me what I liked about chiropractic, what I loved about it, helping people was great. You know, that was all nice and good. But what I really loved about chiropractic was asking people what they did. And learning about who they were and learning about their lives or their jobs. You know, like if someone came in and they worked in a metal recycling plant, like that was like a happy day for me because I got to learn how metal was smelted and sorted. Like that was what I loved. It was mm-hmm. the knowledge gaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about the authentic communication part. And I believe like a lot of times people communicate and they think that it has to be at a certain level or they think it has to be perfect. you know, um, you know, we're all just having a normal conversation right now, which is really authentic. But sometimes it's very staged, like, you know, here's the 10 questions we're going to ask, and all the answers are perfect all the time. And nobody ever makes a mistake. And that's not really true. And a lot of times, I think, and I'm not, I'm not immune to this as well. We all like to look really good in front of other people. We all like to put our, our, our best foot forward, as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of creates some sort of like a sometimes that can be disingenuous because we're all yeah. not perfect all the time. We all screw up. But you know, we're all wonderful human beings. We're all amazing. We all have our tremendous parents and children and, and colleagues, but we're also liars and cheats and boogerheads. You know, it, so just be, you know, my encouragement is to just be okay with being all of that stuff at various times, you know, and then that makes you more relatable and people see that, that, you know, wow, this is a real human being who's just having a real conversation. And I believe that's what people connect to.
0: Well, people, I should just say, I, um, Find myself always uh, aligning yourself in a conversation to someone that you relate to, of course, because pe- you know you like people that are like you, <laughs> type of thing. And uh, by showing your vulnerability, you're really um, exposing, y- you know, your your accessibility, I guess.
1: But I think you know, from what I'm hearing, Dennis, which which is what I, what I agree with as well, is that it's actually uh, that, irrespective of whether the person's like you. They're seeing a glimmer of your humanity, of your mm-hmm. compassion when you're authentic and that that resonates with them at a deep level, which really forms the basis of the connection.
2: Uh, yeah, and that's, that's a great point, Stu, is about whether or not they like you. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, earlier on in my life, I, I was really dependent on people liking me. You know, I had gone through some things… Um, but uh, you know, my self esteem wasn't nearly as as confident or as solid as it is now, and I I needed pe- people to like me, and so you know it, when I describe myself back in my you know in my early days, I say that I was a chameleon. Mm. I could make myself fit in with any group. I would say the right things to fit in. I would I would be who they wanted me to be to be part of their group because you know Rich just said you know we like to hang out with people who are like us. Well, instead of finding people who were like me, I would try to be like them. And it it erodes self esteem, it erodes self confidence, and it, it really erodes the spirit. And and unfortunately, you know, I lived like that for a really long time. You know, and it it kind of there was an awakening in my life, and, and I started to realize, you know, I'm okay just like this. And when I stopped caring what other people thought about me. I think more people liked me and related to me and wanted to be near me or to learn from me, and I think that's true for every human being. Mm. When can when I, you really just stop just, giving a darn. Can I just explore
1: people. that for a second, Dennis? Because that, that's a very powerful, uh, you know, comment you've just made. Actually, that you, you've you've hit a turning point. Um, you know, you, you've had some sort of self awareness that's happened, uh, and I'm sort of curious to know how did you, you know, what was it for you that allowed that to to be pointed out, or or the realization, or whatever it was, it sort of, you know, you started realizing, gee, you know, I'm actually not being uh, authentic to myself. I'm being a chameleon. Um, what what happened? What changed?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> we weren't going to go here, but here we are. So let's be authentic about it. Um, I am a recovering alcoholic and have been so for about 22 years now. Um, prior to that. This is this is the change, basically. It was the decision or or the gift of, of recovery. You know, prior to that, you know, I found my self esteem in a bottle. Um, I treated myself horribly and I treated the people in my life worse than that. And you know, I just I, I didn't have any self-value. I just wanted to fit in. And when I couldn't fit in or felt that I didn't fit in, I, I just found a way to, to drink it to kind of numb the pain. And then finally, I just you know something happened. Call it the grace of God, calling hitting rock bo- hitting rock bottom, whatever you want. But you know, in in an instant, in in one day, I just decided no more. I'm done. I, I I there's more in life. And you know that decision and the ability to stick it out for the past 22 years has just you know it's been a a, a gradual. You know it started out gradually because you don't it that doesn't change overnight. You know, the title of my book is Turning Terrible into Terrific, Changing Your Life at the Speed of Thought. Well, the decision to change your life, that happens at the speed of thought. The actual change takes some time. (laughs) Yeah, funny that. Sure does. But, but, But I made that decision and I remember the exact day that I decided that my life was going to be different. And then I did the work from that point on. So I gradually, you know, started to become more confident in my own skills. I started to be more comfortable in my own skin. And, and over time, you know, that, that led me to be more successful with my family, more successful in my businesses, more successful with my patients. And I think inevitably it led me to to truly own and appreciate and love who I am right now. For the good and the bad, and all the other things. You know, I'm no saint by any means, but I'm a pretty good dad, which is probably the thing that I'm the most proud of. Mm. I'm a really good chiropractor, and I'm an excellent trainer and teacher. You know, and and now uh, instead of worrying about me and what other people thought about me, I start thinking about me and what kind of difference am I going to make in this world? And who do I have to be to do that? And I think the answer to that question is I have to be whoever the heck I am at the time, mm-hmm. whether it looks pretty or not, whether I have to admit to something or not. And you know, if we had had this conversation, you know, maybe seven years ago, I don't know if I would be comfortable talking about the fact that you know I used to drink too much. Mm-hmm. But now it's just part of who I am, and, and I've I've come to be okay with that. Not only that, but I realize that by just saying that, it it's very inspiring to other people. And it also helps reaffirm for myself that, damn, that was a pretty cool thing I did. Absolutely, it's, it's very authentic.
0: It's one of the big turning points in your life, and uh, I know from previous conversations we've had, um, you spoke about when you first became a chiropractor, and uh, you were good at that, but you were terrible at business, and then you 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 had to learn to become a good business person as well as a good chiropractor, and. And I also know from from what you've shared with me in the past, too, some of you know your your personal story, uh, you know the journey with your daughter, and 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 what a journey that's been. Would you like to share some of those? I guess aspects of other turning points in your life. You know that you know this has obviously been a big one—the drinking. There's other, sure. there's obviously, been some other turning points that have lifted you out, and and have you had people that have really helped you at those turning points, you know, a mentor or someone
2: that's, you know, really given you a leg up, so to speak? Um, the leg ups, I've always had people in my life. I don't know that if I could say that there was one person. I mean, I have some relatives, some uncles who have gone through similar situations that have helped out. Um, but I have a, a, an incredibly strong family, you know, mom, dad, uncles and aunts, and, and some amazing friends in my life now. That have always been there to support my family. Mm. You know, when I when I tell people about the things that I've gone through, and Rich, you know, some of them. But um, you know, with my daughter, my daughter has suffered a, a really serious health challenge. She um is had a, a extremely large brain tumor that required surgery that has left her, you know, with some disabilities. But we didn't know if she was going to survive at the time, and and trying to be happy about that, or 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 trying to be okay with that whole situation and all the stress that was going on is, is a really difficult thing. And, you know, I was kind of, I had this opportunity where something happened in the hospital, and I share this in my book, Turning Terrible to Terrific, where in an instant, I, I kind of had this realization that, you know what, as terrible as this is, I'm going to find something to be grateful about. And 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 afterwards, after I had that kind of that 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 moment of clarity, I kind of thought back on my life and I said, you know what? No, I've had a lot of <laughs> pretty crappy things that have happened in my life, but every time I always suspected, I always thought that things would be better. I always knew that there was going to be a better day. And then I looked to, to figure out how to make that happen. And I think, you know, you, t- you mentioned earlier about, you know, we'd like to hang out with people that we like, that are mm-hmm. like us. Well, I think when you look for things to be better, what happens is you end up seeing the opportunities for them to become better. It's sort of about what you focus on. Mm. And I realized that I had always focused on the positives. Even when things were terrible, I focused on the other side of the hill where things were terrific again. And, And what I did when I wrote this book was, you know, what was the process that you go through to make that happen? And it doesn't have to be terrible to be great. Sometimes things are good. But you want them to be great. Sometimes people live like kind of they're comfortably mediocre, but you you want them, you want to be a master at something. Or sometimes they're really crappy and you just need to get happy. You know, or they're terrible and you want it to be terrific. Whatever that is, it's the same process for moving forward. And you know, in my book I say that it's really three things. Is it okay if I share those with you? Please,
1: please. Yeah.
2: The first one is you've gotta find no matter what's going on in your life. You have to find something to be grateful for. And sometimes, it, sometimes there's not much there. If you're at, you're, you're at the bottom of your barrel, there's, it's tough to find something to be happy about. It's easy to be happy. Like, you know, the three of us, are, I think, are fairly like minded in our, our goal orientation, in our prosperity mindedness. It's easy to be this way when, you know, if the three of us were hanging out, it's great. But if you hang around with a bunch of naysayers and people who are always putting you down, it's tough to stay positive. When things are going terrible in your life, it's tough to stay positive too. So you have to find the one thing, even if it's just one thing to be grateful for. The second thing I think is critical is, and Rich, you mentioned this earlier, goals. You have to have something to focus on. You have to focus on what you want, and and one of the things that I write about is there's a difference between what you want and what you really want. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, because I think if you if you've ever you know if you're listening on the on this call right now, if you've ever really really wanted something, the chances are you have it right now, because your desire to have it superseded anything that blocked you in the environment, anything that blocked you in life. And you made it happen because you truly wanted it. So for you to get what you want, for you to move forward, you have to find out like at your core, what do you really, really want? And if you can figure that out, and I go over how to do that, but it's more complicated. But if you can figure that out, it makes it easier to move forward. And then the third step is you got to move forward. You have to get off your butt and actually do something you know and even if it's just one small step per day you've got to do something so you know step number 1 find something to be grateful for number 2 focus on what it is that you really want to change and number 3 do one thing that moves you closer to that goal and i think if you just do those three things you can start to change your life
0: it's like a mcdonald's drive through isn't that really <laughs> When you think about it, you know, you get to the drive through, you, 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 you're grateful because you're hungry and you've finally arrived. You've got your goals, you focus, you know what you want to order,
1: and then you move forward and go forward and pick up the food from the, from the <laughs> person giving it. But um, it also actually ties in, that, that metaphor ties in another comment that I was uh, just reflecting on as you were talking, Dennis, and thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, for me, um, gratitude is a very central. Uh, moment by moment element of life um, but sometimes it's really, really hard to be grateful for something when you're in pain and you've just given us a blueprint we can follow to help um, You know, get, be grateful for something and use that as a, as a stepping stone and moving forward. But the real transformational point um, is when you can start to be grateful for the thing that's causing the pain in the first place. So when you're in McDonald's drive thru I'm just wondering about that, Rich. You know,
0: <laughs> it's not in- something. It's not something I uh, I do very often, to be <laughs> honest, because I don't really eat a lot of uh, no. non-organic food, to be honest. But but it was a nice analogy. I actually think that's a really powerful three-step um, uh, little offering that you've given there, Dennis. So thank you for sharing you. that. And you know, the thing I I love about number three moving forward is uh, just the doing aspect, you know, there's that... A lot of people sit on the fence. Making a mistake is better than sitting on the fence because at least if you make a mistake or do something not perfect, like you were saying before about, you know, none of us are perfect, at least you're discovering that you're going in the wrong direction and then you can correct and adjust and, and head head on, you know, towards where you want to go.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: through
0: through all those those... Different career moments and personal moments that you've shared with us. What would you say was the darkest moment?
2: The darkest moment, uh, honestly, is probably the the day of my daughter's surgery. Yep. You know, being in the the intensive care ward with her after her surgery before she woke up, because prior to that, the doctors had said, you know, listen, there were no other options. We had tried three courses of chemotherapy. We had tried every option. I had flown around the world with my daughter and my family seeking specialists to to try any therapy that would work for her, but nothing did and, and the tumor grew to the size of a small you know like a large navel orange or a small grapefruit mm-hmm. um, so that was it. but the doctors said, "You know, listen, this surgery is going to last you know four to six hours, and um, we don't know what." will happen afterwards. You know, it was in an extremely sensitive part of her brain. They didn't know if she would survive. If she survived, they didn't know if she would be able to speak or eat or move. And if she was able to speak or eat or move, they weren't sure if she was going to remember who we were. And in those moments, you know, after her surgery and during it and, you know, once they put her under anesthesia until she woke up, that was some pretty dark time, you know, so, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm just it's even just thinking about it right now, kind of. Yeah, yeah I get goosebumps. It kind of makes me feel it right now. Yeah <laughs>
1: was that Was that sort of Dennis where you started to identify this? You know, your the three step process you talk about.
2: It, it is. Oh, and by the way, for those of you that are listening right now, Lauren is going to be celebrating her sweet 16th birthday. Uh, you know, in March this year, or she's just celebrated her sweet 16th birthday in March. She's a wonderful kid. She's got some challenges, but she describes herself as HPH. So if you ask her how you're doing, she came up with this on her own. She says she's HPH, which stands for happy, positive, and healthy. Aww. And, and she's, the girl's got some challenges, mm. you know, but despite everything that goes on, that's how she is every single day. Um, and in terms of that three step process, it the, the 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 kind of the inkling of it or the start of that idea happened in that moment like it that there was a moment in the hospital when this all you know this instant gratitude overwhelmed me and it was probably about maybe 3 or 4 weeks later when i thought when i was thinking about that moment because it just kept it kept it kept going through my mind and then uh, then i actually took that and i i was thinking back in my life to all the other challenges that i had and i realized Every time something really kind of dark or, or terrible happened in my life, I always moved forward because like, my thought was this is not going to stop me. Uh, I know that there's something better. And, and then I had to kind of think back on, well, how did I make that happen? And that's what I wrote down in the book you know, the steps that, you know, and, and I would just do it naturally. Like I didn't think, well, first I'm going to be grateful and now I'm going to write down my goals and then I'm going to write out an action plan. Like I didn't do, it just happened for me. Mm-hmm. So to, I had to kind of like go back and sort of reverse engineer my happiness mm-hmm. and that's kind of what ended up in the book. I mean, book.
1: I can't even imagine how painful that was. I mean, as a father, you know, it's, that's extraordinary. Um, and you, you'd be looking for a, a life raft you know to something to cling on to some sort of something well to be you know what,
2: and what and, and what i did cling on to was you know was my faith and my family you know my wife lisa my mom and dad i mean the, ev- my entire family was there for me and my friends you know so we had it, we had an amazing group of people that just cared and loved us and were there to support us and you know it, it. you. I think we need that. You can't do this by yourself.
0: Mm. Well, Dennis, we're almost out of time, which which is an absolute bummer because we could keep talking and learn so much more from you. But we're going to have to just get you back on the show again. I think that's. I think that's the uh, the bottom line. Before we, but we fin- do yeah, but before we finish up, I mean, you've given us your three steps. Is there any other gold nuggets that you'd like to share with the listeners um, before we finish?
2: You know, to be successful and to be, you know, success is one thing, but I'm not really concerned with success. Success comes and goes. Success is based on your attitude. You can come and have success. That's, that's you know, on one hand. Mm. But I think the other hand, this is more important and that's fulfillment. Are you happy with what you're doing? Mm. Are you f- feel completed by what you're doing or do you feel whole doing what you're doing right now? And there's a difference, you know, cuz people can have money, they can have, you know, a nice pretty wife or a husband or, you know, a relationship, but then they don't feel like, you know, they always feel like there's something missing in their life. And that's the fulfillment part of it. You know, my my wish for people is find out what truly brings you happiness and joy. And and do that. You know, as long as it makes you feel good, makes you feel fulfilled and doesn't hurt anyone else. If it helps others at the same time, Ba-bing! You got a bonus on there, mm. but at least it does no harm and fulfills you. If you can find out what that is for your life, then you've got the golden ticket right there.
0: That's uh, that's great advice. You can help people uh, with this process. I know you've got a fantastic book out there that you've uh, they've mentioned and we're going to have a link, link to, but you've also got uh, a training academy. Do you want to quickly tell people a little bit oh, more sure. about that? Oh, sure. Thank you.
2: Yep, the book is available online, just turning terrible to terrific. You can get it on Amazon, so that's not a problem. Um, I also have a training academy. It's called Pro Speaker Academy. Um it's prospeakeracademy.com. And basically what we do is we help people find their voice. I believe, you know, every one of your listeners and you know, you Rich and you Stu, have an amazing story to tell and, and the ability to help change other people's lives. A lot of people, though, either lack the confidence or the knowledge necessary to, to share the information that they've got in a way that can impact others. So what I do is I, I help teach them. I have something that I call, you know, a, a, a program that I call Your Million Dollar Story. You know, I think every one of us has a million dollar story inside of us that, that we want to share, that needs to get out. But we, we either feel self-conscious, we don't have the self-esteem, or we don't know how to, to use the words properly. We don't know how to language it effectively. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I teach people, how do you dig inside, find that million-dollar story, clear away all the rest of the junk, and just let it shine out there. So it's like an eight-week program where people can get in. They go through the whole process. And you know my goal is to help empower other people to change the world with their experiences and their words. That sounds fantastic.
0: I, um, I look forward to learning more about that, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will as well. Stu, we're going to finish up. Is there anything you'd like to add? Any questions for Dennis before Oh, uh, Look, I just ready? want
1: to express my gratitude to you, Dennis. Uh, you know, you're like a phoenix of gratitude. You've <laughs> risen from the ashes. I'm <laughs> um, truly grateful to have you on the show and uh, really appreciate your authentic and honest comments. And uh, you know, I'm sure that everyone else listening will as well.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank thank you both so much for having me on the call. I've I've really enjoyed being on your show. It's just terrific.
0: Thanks, Dennis. And, and of course, all of you at home, uh, in the car, wherever you are, uh, don't forget to visit makeabigtraining.com to access more information on Dennis. We're going to have some outtakes, some uh, extra bits and pieces and gold nuggets that you can learn from Dennis there, and uh, you can access a whole bunch of other resources designed specifically to help you make it big in your life, career, and business. This has been Careers Unplugged with
1: Rich and Stu. Careers Unplugged, proudly sponsored by the
2: Master of Me coaching program helping you succeed in life, career, and business.